to be with you here tonight and to yeah just to get to open God's word and to share a little bit and um so we're going through a series at the moment in Psalms um and Phil I looked up the title so I always like to look, know the angle that Phil wants us to kind of come from uh when we preach so I looked up his title so his title for the series is um Psalms that bring real help to real people and I get the bit about the real help, but I'm just, who, are the, who are the not real people? Are there any fake people in here? See if you, ro- Adrian might be a robot. So this is not for you, it's only for real people. Anyway, we might see a little bit of what it is. And um, so, um, Psalms that bring real help, Psalms that have some kind of, I don't know, practical application, something that um, is a blessing to you. And my personal favourite Psalm is Psalm 91. I also get to the point where I've been around a couple of years here now, so I'm always conscious. I hope I didn't preach on this a couple of years ago. Otherwise, anyway, you're going to get blessed. And if someone else had preached on Psalm 91, I don't think anyone has. Um, and it's one of the, it's just one of my personal favourites. It's one of the first ever preaches I did when I must have been around 15, back in the church youth group that I was in. Uh, and I still have the notes from that, so it was interesting to look back over those. And it's a go-to psalm. I don't know about you. If I say if I say Psalm 91, it's almost like I don't really need to preach because you know it. If you've been around, you'll know Psalm 91. Um, and <clears throat> you know, we recently went through a few things at work, and when I was leading people through that, I um, th- it's the one that my mind went to when we were going through some difficulties and just reading out, particularly the first few verses of it. And I believe it's a psalm. I'm going to use this word for the stressed. Who here has ever felt stressed or anxious or worried? That's good because you're real people. That's why, because real people go through stress-inducing situations. And really, how do we cope with life when the going gets tough? How do we do that? Um, And so I want to read out Psalm 91, because I believe that this is the real help of Psalm 91, is how you cope in times of stress. How do you keep well-being? How do you um, keep together when the going gets tough and um, so I'm going to read out Psalm 91 it was really interesting Um, I did Evensong last weekend at York Minster in partnership um, with the Archbishop of John Sentiment I sat next to Margaret I just thought I'd drop that name Or, or Marge as I call her I didn't really call it that, I'd get in trouble. Anyway, and they, it's just really interesting watching the whole service, and they, it's really choral, so they sing everything. And they sing a psalm every week, and they pick the longest psalm for that week. So I've decided I'm going to sing Psalm 91 to you, and I've got a quiet, I'm not really going to do that, so let's just get out. So I'm going to get up. Psalm 91, if you'd like to turn there, if you haven't already. So, this is Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, not the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, not the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe it with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. 
no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift up you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him and with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'm sure it also applies to the ladies in the room as well. Um, so I want to start by asking the question, where do you run to when it gets tough in your life? What is it that you turn to? Where do you run to? And the word shelter or refuge is the key to this passage. It's the shelter. It's a refuge. Those are the, the words that are in there. It's a real psalm of imagery, isn't it? You know, the, some of the words you use in this whole psalm of pestilence and the foulest snare and just some of those words. It's a real, almost visual and powerful psalm just from a, um, a word point of view. And um, so, where do you run to? What shelter do you turn to? Because here's the thing, when the going gets tough, you will be turning to something. It's kind of a law of life. It's a spiritual law. You will turn to something because we need help getting through tough times. Um, and it says here that we can run to the shelter of the most high. That is where we can turn to. And um, if we need protecting... And I want you to think back to a little bit around when you were at school and you were a, a little child. That's not too long ago for some of you, slightly longer for others not looking anyone in the eye. But think back to when you were shorter. And I want you to think, who is it that you ran to when you were in trouble? Well, it was probably a teacher, wasn't it? It was probably like, teacher, miss, miss, so-and-so is trying to bully me, so-and-so. Um, you know, um, or maybe it was your big brother or big sister, big bro. Yeah, I don't know if you've got one. Someone's bullying me. Come and help me. Or maybe it was your parent. Oh, I can't believe what little Johnny did to me today. And you turn to your parent. And what is the common theme of that? It's the fact that they're all bigger than you. And I tell you what, bigger people can sort stuff out, can't they? That's why you go to your parent because they can sort it out um, or your whatever, because they are bigger than you. And if you just think back a few hundred years, you, who would you rely on if you were back in history? Well, it'd be the local lord or the king, wouldn't it? You'd live in their lands. And part of the deal of you living in their lands and probably working for them is that if trouble came, they could protect you. They were the ones that could offer that protection because they were high up. They were the king. They were large. They were in charge. And that is the common theme. They were bigger than you. You turn to something when you're in trouble. And this is it. This is what it's saying at the start of this passage. If you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, and this is the person that we get to turn to. He's not just high. And I want you to think of that as bigger. I want you to think of yourself. What does Jesus say in the New Testament? You know, be like the little children. I want you to think about the fact that we're just little children. And God wants us to turn to him because he's the big guy. When you come to trouble and you start to struggle, it's him that he wants you to turn to. And he's not just high. He's not just bigger. He is the most high. He is the most bigger. 
I know that's not proper grammar, but let's do it because we're just little children. And that's what little children would say. You're just the most bigger God. You are the most bigger. And that's the person that I want to run to. And I just get that sense of that childlike faith that when we come through trouble, you know, I just think that, you know, he is our dad. He's our daddy, the daddy of all daddies. And you might laugh at that, but isn't he Father God? And isn't it Father God that he wants us to call him? He doesn't just say, I'm God. He says, I'm Father God. I'm Daddy God. What's that word we translate? It's Abba, Father. Abba, which is that pappy. It's Daddy. It's that affection. It's just going, I'm just a little kid, God. And I want to tell you that maybe part of the key of when we face troubles in our life is that we need that childlike sense of faith and that childlike sense of approach to go, I am just a kid, God. I, I can't deal with it all myself. I need to turn to someone that's bigger than me to deal with some of these problems in my life. I need to turn to Abba Father, to the Big Daddy, to the Lord of Lords, to the Most High. That's where I need to turn to. And I think part of the problem when we do face troubles in life, and even as Christians, is the problem is some, some of the times we're just too adult. We just think we should handle it and we just think we need to deal with everything. And God just says to us all tonight, you know what? He's Abba Father. He's your big daddy. He's the, he is the yeah, most bigger God. He is the most high. Um, and what is our part in this? Well, it's not just that he's there, but we need to therefore make our dwelling in that place. We need to dwell in that place and live in that place where he is the most high, live on his turf. Do we make the blood of Jesus our dwelling? Do we live in his blood, in his forgiveness, in his protection? Do we, make the, do we put ourselves in his family? Because here's the thing, we can't call him Father God if we've not yet been accepted and adopted into his family. But the great message about tonight as well is we can, if you're not, you can be adopted into that family. But we have been adopted into that family. Are we living in that family? Are we living in his land? There's a price to pay if you make him your Lord, like there was in the past. If you chose a, a Lord, you had to pay a price for that, but you got the benefits. There's a, a price to pay, although he's paid it for us to get in. <clears throat> and if we do this, then his shadow falls on us. The shadow of the Almighty. Again, translated Shaddai. And again, there's lots of, um, you know, questions around exactly what does that mean? But it is the Almighty. It is this sense of he is the most bigger God, the most high, that he is Shaddai. In one, in one version, it says he is, he is the mountain God, God of the mountain. And you just get this sense of how big God is in this passage. This passage is God leaving us in no equivocation as to who he is and what he will do for us to offer protection and well-being. He is saying, I am the most high. I am the mountain God. I am big. He's bigger than all of your problems. He's bigger than all of our enemies. He's bigger than your financial problems. He's bigger than any fear you have right now. He's bigger than any failure you have. He's bigger than any weakness you have. He is the mountain God. He is Shaddai. He is the Almighty. And if we make him our dwelling, then, and we run to him as our shelter, then his shadow rests over all of those things it towers above every problem that you have he is abba father he is the big 
God that will deal with those problems. He's large and outsized. And I've used this reference a lot. I I refer to this song a lot, so you will have heard me say this. But the song where it goes, I've made you too small for my eyes. Oh, Lord, forgive me. And that's so often the problem, that when we face problems in life, we just make God too small and the problem too big. So the first thing that God wants to do is two things for you tonight, is he wants you to be smaller. He wants you to get back to that place of childlike faith where you dwell in the shelter and the uh, of the Most High and his shadow rests on you and he is the most bigger God. And you're just that little kid going, Daddy, Daddy, I just need help in this situation. Daddy, Daddy, I can't do this myself. Abba, Father, Father God, will you help me? He wants you to be smaller. He wants you to have that childlike faith to face the things that you're facing. But the other thing is he wants to become bigger in your eyes to do that. That as you see him, you look up and you go, you are the God that can sort out all my problems. You are the big and in charge God. You are the El Shaddai. You are the Almighty. You are the bigger God. And that's who we need to start ourselves off with tonight as we face problems in our lives. And it goes on. And this is again another part uh, um, that we have to play when trouble comes our way and that stress and the trials of life faces. We have to do this. And it's a tough word. I'm going to say one of the toughest words we face as a Christian people. And it's this word, trust. We've got to trust in God. That when times of trouble come, where do we look to? Do we look to him, the big God? And again, the other famous psalm that I don't know someone might preach on, but Psalm 121, it says this, doesn't it? it says, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? And it, what it talks about is a tendency we have as human beings that we have this on offer. We've got a big God who offers to help us that we live I, keep, I always say it the wrong way around. I have to keep referring back that we dwell in the shelter of the Most High and we rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And it goes on further down where it says, under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That is the thing that's on offer to us. But when trouble comes, where do we look to for our, for our help? Where do you look to for your help? And here's the problem. You know, it says in that psalm, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? What it's talking about is so often we just look to the horizon. Oh, I, I, think, I think my problem's going to solve itself in the problem. Where's the person coming over the horizon? The next tomorrow, something will happen. Tomorrow, over the hills, something will. And he goes, no, you don't look over the horizon. He says, I look to the heavens. I look up to God. I don't look over the, you know, the horizon. From, I look up to God. He's the one that's going to solve my problem. But here's the thing, when we do face problems, we have this glorious opportunity. But what I want to do is talk about the frailty of humanity. Because we are so frail around that word trust. And I also am frail. And too often when trouble does come, I don't turn to the Almighty. I turn to my own coping strategies and I, I just withdraw into myself and I just kind of pretend the problem's not there and I probably watch TV and have a glass of, I don't know, Coca-Cola, definitely not beer. Um, And, you know, I just withdraw into myself and I I don't, you know, that's how I sometimes cope with it. And do you know that we're we're supposed to be one of the most stressed out and anxiety-ridden generations to ever live? We just are. 
that in modern life we're the, one of the most anxiety-laden people, stressed-out people. And stress makes people more likely to engage in unhealthy things like drinking, being on the internet, smoking, and, and things that help people cope. You know, there's all sorts of places that you can turn to when you have trouble. Uh, you can trust in people. You can trust in other people and go, well, I've got a mate that's going to help me. We can trust in our own money and in our own resources when trouble comes. We can trust in our own intellectual ability to get out of trouble or connections that we have. And sometimes we go through that list before we ever turn to God for our problems to deal with them. It's almost like anything before we get to God. We go through a list and he's last on the checkpoint. And God's just saying, come to me when you have troubles. I'm always the first on your list. I am the Almighty. I am the Most High. I am Shaddai. And he's saying, come to me. Don't turn to these things. Don't turn to your coping strategies. Don't turn to other people. And we see it time and time again in the Old Testament where what did Israel do? They would constantly, instead of turning to God, they would turn to false idols or they turn to another nation. You know, God keeps getting mad at them because they, they always used to sign things like treaties with Egypt and other people to protect protect him and he's going no just come to me stop looking for these other things come to me for your help in trouble where is your trust and quite often God will test that trust he will put you through circumstances in life where he strips away the other things that you rely on and challenges us in areas we don't have resources to find out where we put in our trust where is your trust tonight and Either way, wherever your trust is, here's what you need to do. When you face trouble, verse 2 is our starting point. And it's a declaration that when troubles come, we need to be a people that will make a declaration that is. I will say, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's what happens, that when troubles come, this is our part to play in it we've got this amazing God on offer that says he's the almighty and he wants to help us in all things and therefore our part to play is I will make you my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust we have to trust in him so here's the thing I don't know what you're facing tonight I don't know what you might be about to face but here's the first thing you do here's a rule that whenever you face troubles as a Christian because this is the birthright that we have this is the special sacred birthright of the Christian that's been adopted into the family of God is that whenever we face trouble the first thing we do is I trust in you God and I think that you need to make that declaration over any problem that you might be facing right now. And I'm not saying that as you say that, it's easy to say. And I'm not saying that you'll even perhaps almost believe the words you're saying. But I do believe that the start of every problem we face needs to be a declaration of trust in God and saying, I trust you, God, that whatever I'm, ha whatever I'm going through, it's a statement which says, OK, God, you've allowed it. You've allowed this to happen in my life. It's happening. I don't understand it. I almost don't feel that I trust, but I will make my declaration on this ground. Will I make my stand that he is my refuge, not some other thing that I lean on. I don't lean on people. I don't lean on vices. I don't lean on other stuff. I lean on God. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. I will run into him and I'll press into him. I want you to think of that as well. A fortress or a refuge is not a place you usually live. 
it's a place you have to get into in times of trouble. You know when um, war comes and the, the sirens, the air raid sirens come and, and you see people in moves, they're dashing in to the, Adrian remembers it back in anyway. Um, you know, and you do, you see the, um, you know, you see them because you have to get into that refuge. That is our place that when trouble comes, our duty is to run into that place of refuge, trusting and seeking God. You, it says later on in the psalm, um, uh, right near the end it says he will call on me and I will answer him we have got to be a people that will call on God in trouble calling on him is praying we've got to run into prayer into him why because he will save you that is the simple answer. Why? Because he will save you. He is the El Shaddai. He is Shaddai. He is mounting God. He is able to save you from whatever is up against you. Whether it's a snare, the thing that's meant to trip you up or trap you, whether it's the deadly pestilence, a disease that ravages the mind and the body, whether it's the terror of night <coughs> in darkness and sadness. You know, a lot, a lot of people in this day and age actually do fear terror and terrorism and, and some of the things we see in this world and terrorist attacks but it says you should not fear that it says the arrow by day whether that's open warfare that just comes up against you and you can see it coming and you know something's coming or whether it's the pestilence that stalks in darkness and it's the the thing that surprises you you know that it covers all of those things it goes on later to say we won't even have a stumble with our feet, we won't, we'll be able to handle those things. What an amazing psalm, and it's part of the reason that I love it. It's an absolutely amazing psalm. Some of the things it talks about in there, it sounds like the perfect life. None of those things will happen to us. What an amazing promise that is in there. No disaster will come near my tent, for he'll command his angels concerning me to guard me. I will not even strike my foot against a stone. I'll tread on the lion and the cobra. It's an amazing psalm of almost complete and utter protection. And yet we face a problem. Because we do go through those things as Christians, don't we? We do go through problems. So how can this psalm be true then? What does it mean? If God says, I am the almighty God, when you face trouble... Don't turn to these other things. Make me your refuge. Trust me when these things happen. And yet we do go through these things. We do suffer the cancers and the deaths and the job loss and the difficult financial times and the relationship difficulties and family problems and child problems. And, you know, maybe we're being bullied or targeted. We might have trouble with neighbours or our business might be struggling. We may fall out with someone. We go through these things. And yet God says, I will not even strike my foot against a stone. And I think I love this psalm so much because I find that it's this paradox. And what it's saying is that it's not that we won't, you know, it's almost like the psalm saying you won't even have these things. And yet it's written as though you, you've got these problems and you read the psalm. So it's just this bizarre thing of like, well, have I got these problems or not, God? And yet it's written specifically for people going through a bad time. So there's only one conclusion. And it's this, you will go through bad times in this life, there will be trouble. But this is the promise of this psalm, it will not end you, it will not finish you. And what does that mean? What is that promise? 
Here's the thing. The difference is not the bad time, but the effect that this bad time will have on you. That's what this psalm is saying, that this, that things will happen in our lives as Christians. We will go through things, but they will not end us. We will not be ended as people. Look at all the things it mentions. They're horrible. They bring death. They're poisonous. They're nasty. They're circumstances that ends. But I believe that this is a psalm of protection for the mind and soul as much as it is for a protection of the body. Like I say, we're one of the most stressed generations to have lived. And even in the church, it's pervasive. Even in the church, there's so much stress and anxiety. Someone else who preached on this used this example. The rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What it's saying is that, you know, our bodies may be bruised by sticks and stones, but words... Well, we have a choice over that, don't we? We have a choice over whether that affects the inside of us. And I think that's what this psalm is saying. It's not that we don't go through things, but it's how it affects our soul. You know, it's about the, the song. You know, it's about the ship going down with your family on it as you cross the Atlantic Ocean and yet writing a song that says it is well with my soul. That's what this psalm is about. Not that things don't happen, but at the end of it, you can go, it is well with my soul. So I want to ask you tonight, how is your well-being as you go through difficult times? How is your well-being tonight? Are you well? How do you feel? Because God cares deeply about your well-being. You know, another verse on that is Philippians 4 verse 7, where it talks about the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And what you've got there is that it says again, it's the same thing, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You see, again, when we go through difficult times, we like to be able to solve it ourselves. But God's saying that there's going to be some things that are beyond your understanding that you're going to go through. You are going to go through some stuff in this life that you can't cope with within your own resources. You have the money, the wisdom, the intelligence, the connections, the wherewithal to deal with them. And it's going to affect your peace. It's going to affect who you are. But God is saying that he wants to guard your heart and your mind in trouble that you face. In one translation, it calls it a garrison. It says this, and then the peace of God, which transcends all powers of thought, will be a garrison to guard your hearts and mind in union with Christ Jesus. And I love the thought of what God's saying there. He's saying that, you know, he's got a, um, a garrison of cavalry to come in and rescue you. That is what God wants to do. He wants to reinforce your mind. He wants to send in a garrison. It reminds me of, you know, you'll have seen the movies where the cavalry comes in right at the last minute and saves the day. You know, they're fighting off with a force of 10 people against thousands and then they're about to be overwhelmed and in comes the cavalry. Um, you can see it on Lord of the Rings. That's the only example I could think of when, yeah, when Gandalf rides in and they're all in Helm's Deep and he comes in and says, anyway, it's fine. You're not geeks like I am. You don't know what I'm talking about. But it's, you understand what I'm saying, that he garrisons, he comes in to the rescue and I just get that sense that this is what it is you know that um, the psalm is that we will go through these things but God will not let them end us and he wants to as we go through these things he wants to save us 
from them ending us. He wants to save us from them finishing us off. There's things in this world that the enemy wants to throw against you that would finish you off. And God's saying, I'm never going to let them finish you off. Whatever the world chucks at you, whatever the enemy chucks at you, whatever suffering, whatever attack you come under, God is saying, I will not let that end you. I will be with you in that. I will give you peace through that time. And it goes on towards the end. Why does he do all this stuff? And it comes back again. Because he or she loves me. That's why he does it for you. Because you love him. And it's that intimate reason. It comes back to because, not just because he's God, but because he's Abba, Father. Because he's your dad. And your dad don't want to see you go through this stuff and not help you. He longs to ride in to the rescue. And what he's saying, he's saying, I can't promise that you're not going to go through stuff. But he says this, I am going to ride into the rescue because I am your refuge. I am your shelter that when times get tough, stop dealing with it on your own. Stop going to vices. Stop going to other things. Stop going to other people. God says, I want to deal with it. I want to look after your well-being. I don't want you to be struggling in the way you're struggling because I'm your daddy. Because you love me if you think you can love me more than I can love you I'm your dad and I am the most high I am the most bigger God and I'm here to look after you I just want to say two things there at the times we go out of his shelter and I think there are some times where we deliberately go out of his shelter so be careful how you live your life I think we used the example this morning of, of driving and, and speed limits. But, you know, can we really drive 100 mile an hour in a 30 zone and say, God, protect me? I don't know. So just be careful how you are living your life. Make sure you do live in the shelter of the Most High. But the other thing as well is if you're in this room and you don't have this God and you don't have this Father and you don't have a relationship with him, this is the ministry that we've got. Why not make God your shelter? Why not? The offer is there for anyone. There's conditions to live in his kingdom, but he fulfills them all. And he's bought you a place to live there. And I also want to encourage you as people in this room tonight. You know, this is going to be an amazing opportunity for us to be a witness in this generation. If it is the most stressed out, anxiety laden generation ever. What a calling that we've got where we can say... Can I introduce you to a mo the Most High God? Can I introduce you? God wants you to run to him. He wants you to live in his shelter. He wants you to live in his refuge. He wants you, you to be under the wing of him so he can take care of you. And we can call people and we can use it as a gospel sharing point. So I just want to say to you, if you come across a neighbour that's going through some tough times. If you come across a work colleague or someone in your home that's going through these times and they don't know God. Can I ask you to call people in to the shadow of the Most High? Because God really welcome. He's got enough space in there. And it is an amazing ministry point that we can say, you are tired and you're weary. You've been trying to cope with all these problems on your own and they are going to finish you off. I'll tell you what, there's lots of people in the world that are being finished off by stuff because it is overwhelming them. But we can say, well, actually, we've got a God. And with that God protecting you, you'll never be finished off. God will get you through all things. And here's the thing, part where we end. Because it's not just that he's our shelter and our refuge. It's not just that while we're going through it, he will garrison our minds and protect us. He also will bring us through the other side. I will deliver him and honour him. With a long life, I'll satisfy him 
and show him my salvation. This is the promise that with God, he will keep you with well-being while you're going through stuff. He is your refuge, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Whether it's in this life or sometimes in the next for some people. But he will bring you through the end of that. And I might only be 34, but I've been through enough now to know that he does do those things. That when trouble comes to me and I make him my refuge instead of the other stuff, and I choose to make him my refuge, that he gets me through it. That actually, I can say with honesty that I have tread on the lion and the cobra and I have lived through the other side. Whatever that lion and cobra is for you, whatever that stone is that you nearly tripped over, I have gone through those experiences and I have come through the other side. And I'll tell you this, the next trouble that I face, I know I need to make that declaration, however hard it is, that actually it's God that is my shelter and my refuge. And God, I do trust in you, not this other rubbish. I trust in you because you're big daddy God and you are going to get me through these things. You do care about my well-being and you're more than able to get me through this thing and you will deliver me through to the other side of it. So I just get a sense that you need to run to big daddy God and tell him all about it tonight. However childish it is, you need to do that. You need to run to him and just tell him, Daddy, I'm going through this stuff. Will you help me? And when you're there, you need to tell him that you trust him to deal with all of it and that he's more than able to get you through all of those things. You need to stop turning to some of the other things. And I think God might be saying to some of you tonight that you've been turning to other things. And God says, actually, you need to put your trust back in God and not those other things. I promise you this, that if you make God and dwell in the shelter of the Most High, then his shadow will rest on you and he will bring you well-being in the midst of all of it and he will deliver you at the other end in one way or another, whatever life throws at us. So I encourage you to read it tonight, to maybe go through some of those things and to pray before God, but praise God tonight that we have got the most bigger God and that we dwell in that place. Let me pray to finish and then hand back over to Adrian. Father God, we thank you that you are our Father. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you are the Most High. There is no problem in this room that anyone is facing that you can't bring them through it, Lord God. And we tonight as a people declare our trust in you, that you are our refuge and you are our shelter. And we turn to you for all our needs. In Jesus' name, amen.